Do you want a better life? If so, there's a way that your life can be totally changed, be everything that you hoped it could have been. And maybe you've only got an area or two that you want to change, but maybe you're like me. (laughs) I had to change everything. And I had tried doing it myself. I had tried different ways of doing it. I had tried really hard not to do things and would keep finding myself back doing the same things I wished I didn't do. And what I'm here to tell you about is a way that happens over time. This isn't a quick fix, but it does work. But what will happen is you'll look back at your life a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, and it'll be totally different. And while you're going through it, you may not even recognize that there's a change happening. And you're probably thinking, well, how in the world could that happen? Well, the way it begins to take place is through a relationship with Jesus. Now, if you think I'm talking about religion, because I said the name Jesus, I'm not talking about religion. I hate religion. Religion will give you a list of do's and don'ts, things you can do, things you can't do. It'll try to put you in a little box. And then if and when you mess up, and let me put it another way, when you mess up, they'll look down on you. They'll criticize you. They'll say maybe, oh, you don't have enough willpower or you're a bad person. And that has nothing to do with the relationship with Jesus. So thanks for joining us today on the Abundance Podcast. And you may think it's an accident or just by chance that you clicked on this, but I just want to share with you, it's not. Thank you, Lord, for my friend that's clicked on this. And Holy Spirit, draw them closer to you. I thank you that they have ears to hear. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So first thing I want to tell you is that your past doesn't disqualify you. I'm sure some of you think, well, okay, that Jesus thing, I've kind of heard little bits and pieces of it before, and that all, you know, I don't know too much about it, but I'm sure it sounds good, but you don't know what I've done. Well, I'm here to tell you, it does not matter. Now, it matters in the sense that, you know, when we make poor choices, it affects our lives, and that's why, you know, we're talking about, do you want a better life? If everything was hunky-dory, maybe we wouldn't need a better life. But what I'm trying to say to you is that your past does not disqualify you. Me personally, I was a drunk. I was a druggie. I was addicted to pornography and sex. And my thinking was just all sorts of messed up. I could give you a whole list of things that I did and just stupid stuff. And, and you know, there'll be a point on another podcast where I'll share with you my, my story a little bit and tell you, you know, the stupid things and tell you what Jesus has set me free from. But all I'm trying to tell you is your past doesn't matter and it won't keep you from being able to receive what I'm about to share with you. So how do we begin to have a better life? It comes by faith in Jesus. Now, you probably have no idea what that means. First, I just want to share with you that Jesus was a real person, okay? 2,000 years ago, a man named Jesus lived over in the Middle East area. You know, he was born in Bethlehem, and then I, maybe I'll get the order wrong, but he, you know, grew up in Nazareth, but he also had a stint living in Egypt, and then, you know, he lived in Capernaum, and and you'd find him in Jerusalem, and, and just, he was just all over the place. And he would go about, and crowds would follow him because of something he had. And what he had was that he wasn't just some regular Joe Schmo like I am, he actually was God in the form of flesh. And I know that that sounds crazy, but he literally was God who created the heavens and the earth, who created everything you see. He was God come down in the form of flesh, in in the human form. 
And you might be thinking, well, why in the world would he do that? Well, real quick, I just want to read this little story to you called The Man and the Birds, and it's by Paul Harvey. Okay, I didn't write this. Paul Harvey wrote this. Now, Paul Harvey was a radio host. You know, I, I believe he probably did a bunch of things, but I just remember riding on the bus when I was five, six, seven, eight years old, and the bus driver would, you know, play it in the afternoon. And I just remember hearing uh, Paul Harvey, good day, you know, something along that. I remember the good day. I'm, I'm not, maybe he did, maybe he said something before that. But, but this is a story that Paul Harvey wrote, again, called Man and the Birds. And it goes, the man I'm going to tell you about was not a Scrooge. He was a kind, decent, mostly good man, generous to his family and upright in his dealings with other men. But he just didn't believe in all of that incarnation stuff that the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It just didn't make sense and he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. He told his wife, I'm truly sorry to distress you, but I'm not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he would feel like a hypocrite and that he would much rather just stay at home but that he would wait up for them so he stayed and they went to the midnight service shortly after the family drove away in the car snow began to fall he went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier and then he went back to his fireside chair and began to read his newspaper minutes later he was startled by a thudding sound then another and then another at first he thought someone must be throwing snowballs against the living room window but when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled outside miserably in the snow. They'd been caught in the storm and in a desperate search for shelter, they had tried to fly through his large landscape window. That's what's been making the loud sound. Well, he couldn't let the poor creatures just lie there and freeze, so he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. That would provide a warm shelter. All he would have to do is direct the birds into the shelter. Quickly, he put on a coat and galoshes and he tramped through the deepening snow to the barn. He opened the doors wide and turned on a light so the birds would know the way in. But the birds did not come in. So he figured that food would entice them. So he hurried back to the house and fetched some breadcrumbs. He sprinkled them on the snow, making a trail of breadcrumbs to the yellow, lighted, wide, open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs. The birds continued to flap around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them, but could not. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around and waving his arms. Instead, they scattered in every direction, every direction except into the warm, lighted barn. And that's when he realized they were afraid of him. To them, he reasoned, I am a strange and a terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I am not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? Any movie made tended to frighten them and would confuse them. They just would not follow. They would not be led or shooed because they feared him. He thought to himself, if only I could be a bird and mingle with them and speak their language, then I could tell them not to be afraid. Then I could show them the way to the safe, warm, to the safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them so that they could see me and hear and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind. He stood there listening to the bells, Adesta Fielis, listening to the bells pealing the glad tidings of Christmas, and he sank to his knees in the snow. So that story is a pretty cool example. He's describing a man that was trying to help these birds, and no matter what he did, 
he couldn't get them to go into this barn because he knew it would be best for them. They would be warm and it was good for them to go in there, but they just wouldn't listen. So in his mind, he thought, man, if I could only be a bird, if I could only come down and be able to talk to them in their language or, you know, so they wouldn't be afraid of me so that they would go in and, and do what was best for them. And that's the example that Paul Harvey was just trying to give us. That is like God. And there's all sorts of different ways we could go with this. I mean, there's lots of things that I could say about why God came down in the form of man, in the form of Jesus. But I just want to share with you this simple example to help us better understand. Because one thing that Jesus did was he came down from heaven proclaiming good news, proclaiming that he was the way back to the Father. Because real quick, when God created everything, when he created the heavens and earth, everything was perfect. There were no screw-ups. There wasn't anything bad. There wasn't any anxiety. There wasn't any fear. There wasn't any depression. There wasn't any of that stuff. There was no what the Bible refers to as sin. But because of man's choices, mankind at that time, which was Adam and Eve, made a decision. And if you boil it down, they were deceived into thinking that that they were missing out, that there was something more. When in reality, God gave them everything they needed, everything that they could even imagine, because everything was good, and they had direct fellowship with God the Father. But when they messed up, and sin entered the world, because at that time there was no sin, but when sin entered the world, now there was separation between mankind and God the Father. Now God is a God of grace and mercy. He didn't just stop talking to them, and that's a whole... Another story that we're not going to go down, but all I'm trying to share with you is that because sin entered the world, sin had to be dealt with. You know, if you rob a bank and you get caught and you get convicted, there is a prison sentence where you go and you're incarcerated because of the mistakes you made. And whatever the mistake is will determine the length of time that you have to pay your debt to society and you're incarcerated or you're in prison. Well, in this case, when sin entered the world, you and I, or mankind in general, could not pay back that debt. There's nothing we could do. Not even dying ourselves or going to hell for all eternity because could pay back that debt. And you may be listening to this and, and you know all this is new to you and all I'm wanting to share with you is that there is a heaven and there is a hell. I know that's pretty black and white. In today's society, we don't like to hear that. We like to hear that, you know, oh, if I'm just a good person... I'll go to heaven. You know, if I just do a bunch of good things, I'll go to heaven. But that's absolutely not true. Jesus, who was God in human form, is the only way to heaven, is the only way to restoring relationship with God the Father. And you can't earn it. And this goes back to the point that I was trying to say is what you've done doesn't disqualify you. We're talking about having faith in Jesus and that's how you begin this process of having a better life. Your bad things don't disqualify you. Your good things don't earn you the ability to have this restored relationship with the Father. If it were something that you could do, it wouldn't be a gift. And that's what I'm describing here is Jesus came and Jesus was a man, like I said, who lived in the Middle Eastern area. And there's all sorts of record that Jesus existed. You know, and I'm not just talking about the Bible. Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I see the Bible as the definite truth. But there's all sorts of recorded documents from that time period from historians of that age 
that made note of a man named Jesus who went about and who was there. I mean, there's all sorts of documentation. So there's no way to dispute that Jesus existed. And like I said, I hate religion, but other religions who don't believe in Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, they acknowledge that Jesus existed. They call him a good person. They call him a, a prophet, you know, different, different names. So how do we have faith in Jesus? Well, first, we have to believe that he truly was God in the flesh. He wasn't just some person. That's where it begins. And what I want to share with you is, you know what? You don't have to have all this figured out. <laughs> you know, faith is actually faith is actually what the Bible refers to as the substance of things hoped for or expected, not not hoped as in like a wishing way like we you know, I wish I got a million dollars or something like that, or I hope I got a million dollars. You know, that's not what we're talking about. Hope is an expectation. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So the cool thing about your and my life changing through Jesus Christ isn't that we have to have everything all figured out at the beginning. We will learn and things will get better over time as we continue to gain more understanding of, of what's been done for us. So again, Jesus was a real person. He was God in the flesh. He, he, he truly came down to earth. And so what he did was he was actually murdered. He was crucified. And just a real basic explanation of that is that he took on all the sin of mankind. Like I talked about earlier when someone robs a bank and they have a prison sentence. The consequences of doing bad stuff is that they have to be paid for. And you and I could never do enough good or could never do any act that would pay for the sins and the wrong things that we've done. So Jesus, who was God in the flesh, came down to earth and walked around and lived life and never sinned like you or I have. He never made a single mistake. And when he was crucified, he had no reason to be killed, but he absolutely was murdered unjustly. But one thing that he did was he took on the debt of sin of all mankind, of my sin, of your sin. All the things that you think are too much, all the things that you think are too big, that you're ashamed of, that you don't want anybody to find out. All those things he took on himself. And when he died on the cross, that debt, of all the mistakes that you made, was paid. Now the story for Jesus doesn't just end there. What happened was, after he was murdered by crucifixion, he was placed in the grave, and for three days, he was dead. And at the end of those three days, he came back to life. And that's actually what we celebrate at Easter. You know, it's not about the Easter bunny, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, having some fun and, you know, that sort of thing. But but the reason we celebrate Easter is that's us celebrating that Jesus came back to life. So how do we have faith in Jesus? Well, we believe that Jesus was who we said he was and that he was the son of God in the form of man and that after he was crucified, he overcame the grave and came back to life. And when we put our faith in Jesus, we become brand new. The old has passed away. You have become new. All those past mistakes are no longer a factor. You and I are a three-part being. Every human being that has ever lived is a three-part being. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. 
The moment you have faith in Jesus by believing that he was who he said he was, that he was crucified, that he overcame death in the grave, when you believe that, and again, you don't have to have it all figured out, but when you believe that that was true and is true, then you have just began the process towards having a better life. You and I are three parts. So the moment you put your faith in Jesus, your spirit on the inside becomes brand new. Now, you still have a soulless realm. That's the thing that tells you you're a loser, that things are never going to change. And what I'm describing is it's your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions, okay? So what you're going to have to do is begin the process of unlearning all the things that you have lived by up to this point because you're brand new. You're not who you used to be. Well, how does that happen? Well, it comes by relationship with Jesus. And the way it happened for me was I got a hold of a Bible and I started reading. And I didn't just start at the beginning like it says, you know, the the first book in the Bible is Genesis. I didn't just treat it like a regular book. I looked for in the very beginning, there's a table of contents and I looked for the book of John and I just read and I read it a couple times and then I stayed in the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible. And what I was doing was I was just learning about Jesus. I was seeing the grace and the mercy and the kindness and the love and and everything that he encompassed. And I was seeing an example of who I am, who I am on the inside because I have been made perfect because I put my faith in Jesus. I believe that he was God come down in the form of man. I believe that he died for my sins and I believe that he overcame death in the grave. So as I begin to read the Bible, my mind, which is referred to as the soul, begins to change. Now my body didn't change. If I had a mole on my right arm, I still have that mole on my right arm. If I had a cut on my leg from when I was a little kid, I'm still going to have that cut on my leg. Okay, my body is the same. But where the change happened was in my spirit. I have been given a new nature. I'm not who I used to be. All those things that I would describe myself as, why things would never be different, because of the bad choices I made, why my life was terrible, that's not who I am anymore. But how do I start to believe that? I have to change my thinking. And I do that through relationship with Jesus through the Word of God. Now, just because I'm brand new doesn't mean that everything is now going to be hunky-dory and easy. Okay? A lot of those same tendencies are going to try to come back into my life. Because what am I talking about? I'm talking about how do I get a better life? How do I have a better life? In my case, drugs and alcohol... Had, a, had its grip on me and pornography and a number of different things. Those things still wanted to knock at my door. And yes, I've been delivered of drugs and alcohol and pornography and a number of different things. But at the time, the moment I gave my life to Jesus, things didn't just automatically happen. They did in my spirit. But I had trained myself to do things and to think things. And my body, my flesh still wanted to do those same things. Now, I'm not limiting God. I'm not saying that there can't be an automatic, complete shift from when you give your life to Jesus, then to just, boom, you don't pick up those things. That absolutely can happen. But what I'm trying to share with you is, as an example, alcohol. Now, alcohol is not a sin. It's okay to drink alcohol, okay? The Bible doesn't tell you that you can't drink alcohol. Jesus drank alcohol. His first miracle was water into wine, okay? This isn't a bunch of rules of do's and don'ts, but for me personally, 
I was a drunk and alcohol was ruining my life. Drugs were ruining my life. And so in my personal walk with Jesus, he showed me that alcohol was not a good choice for me. And what will happen for you, you'll start to get you know, little impressions. You'll start to know, ah, this probably isn't good for me. Or in whatever it may be, doesn't matter what it is. And why is that? Because the Holy Spirit, who is God, just like we are spirit, soul, and body, God is God the Father, God the Son, which is Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who came and made his home in you when you put your faith in Jesus. Now, the cool thing about that is the Holy Spirit, he directs you and he guides you while you're here on planet Earth. He's the one that's going to be communicating with you. And I'm not talking about it in an audible voice. Like I said, there's going to be little impressions, little, little thoughts that you have of like, ah, I don't think I should do that. And da, 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 da. No, I don't really think that drugs and alcohol or, 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 or pornography, I know that that's not a good choice for me. I know it's destroying my life. I want a better life. And it's going to be the Holy Spirit that equips you to overcome all the junk in your life so that your life can look differently. So I'm not trying to say that everything is just going to automatically be all hunky-dory. In this life, you're going to have trouble. There are going to be challenges. And you know what? Here's the thing. If and when you slip up, it's okay. God is not mad at you one little bit. Like I talked about how sin was put on Jesus. Because like I said, sin had to be paid for. Wrath and judgment had to be poured out just like a judge sits in front of a courtroom and puts judgment upon the individual who has committed a crime. Same thing. All of God's wrath and judgment, instead of being placed on you and I, was placed on Jesus. And because of that, the sins that you and I committed before, they're no longer an issue. But here's the good news. God's grace and mercy also covers all the things, all the mistakes that you're going to make in the future. And you probably think, well, that sounds too good to be true. Exactly. It is. <laughs> it does sound too good to be true, but it's absolutely true. Your and my sin or mistakes and all the things where we may mess up even in the future, those things are never the issue. The key is, did I put my faith in Jesus? And if you have, you have been made brand new. And again, we're talking about how can my life change? How can my life get better? The analogy that Jesus gave us was that it's like a seed. You put a seed in the ground and you water it and you don't necessarily see it growing. But over time, you peek back at it and it peeks out of the ground and then it just gets bigger and bigger over time. And that's exactly what happens with you and I. And in future podcast episodes, I'll talk about how this process happens how it's not trying to not do things because the more you try not to do things, the more you'll want to do them. But faith in Jesus is how we begin the process of having a better life. So if you've never trusted in Jesus, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. Truth is, what I believe is that if you've already had faith in Jesus, if the things that I've talked to you about that Jesus was real, that he was God in the flesh, that he was crucified and that he came back to life and he overcame death in the grave. If you already believe that, I believe that you're already born again. But what we're going to do is we're going to voice it. And I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. And what I want to encourage you to do is repeat the things that I'm saying. 
So here we go. Repeat after me. God, thank you for sending your son Jesus. Thank you that he died for me. Thank you that he rose from the dead. I received the free gift that he paid for me to have. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for making your home in me. Thank you for helping me to have a better life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, you, my friend, if you believed in Jesus, you are a brand new person. You're not who you used to be. And I want to encourage you to keep on listening to this podcast. If you don't have a Bible, I'd encourage you to go get one. What I use here on the podcast is the New King James Version, that NKJV. And any place that you go to that has Bibles, they'll, they'll understand that. Just tell them I want the, the New King James Version and they'll be able to help you. I didn't read from the Bible per se like I typically do on this podcast in this episode. But in future podcasts, what we'll do is we'll go over things in the Bible and we'll read them from the Bible. So I encourage you to go get one. And until the next time, until the next time you listen to this podcast, you know, just start in the book of John. Look at the beginning, look in the table of contents and find the book of John and just read and see the type of person that Jesus was. And then when you're done reading, however long it is, if it's, if it's for two minutes, if it's for an hour, if it's for you know half hour, whatever it is, put a bookmark in there. Go do your thing, go throughout the day, come back at night. You know, if you want to read again, great. You know, that is actually spending time with Jesus. There's no right or wrong way to do it. The cool thing is the Holy Spirit that I talked about earlier, he's not only in you, but he's guiding you throughout the day. He's with you every moment of the day. Even when we make mistakes, even when I make a mistake, he's right there with me and he never leaves me. And you've got a best friend that's always going to be with you. So I just want to encourage you to keep on listening to the podcast. And I promise you, your life will begin to look different a day at a time, little bit by little bit. God is going to transform your life. Thanks for listening and join us again next time on the Abundance Podcast.